Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Today, uh, the title of the message is, But How Does That Make You Feel? And uh, it's James chapter 4, and it is a, it is a tough passage, and I, I thank Pastor Arthur for assigning this to me. Um, but one day when we look at the collapse of America, how does that make you feel? It's going to be right at the center of what the problem was. It's the battle cry of our new generation, but how does that make you feel? You know, when I was young and my mom said, go pick up the dog poop outside, she didn't ask me how I felt about it. I said, but that doesn't make me feel safe. It's like, shut up and go do it. <laughs> How does that make you feel? And, you know, today, I, I, as we read this, we're not going to talk about the world out there. We're going to talk about us here at Velocity Church. Not even all Christians, not even all church, not even the churches in Brenham, just us. Uh, often in our household, uh, you know, we talk among our family and we say, listen, if we can't get kindness right, if my son and my daughter can't be kind to each other, then, then we've got no chance at being kind to people who are trying to harm us. If us who love each other can't be kind and nice, if my wife and I can't get along and uh, resolve things, then we have no chance of resolving things in the church. You hear what I'm saying? And if we can't resolve things in the church, we have no chance of, of actually being a light in the world. And that's why we see Christians behaving just like the world many times, because somehow uh, we, we read God's word and then we, we come up with all sorts of ways that we can exclude ourselves from having to obey it. But you don't know how that made me feel. Okay, well, let's see what uh, James has to say. This, this is a chapter of, I think James is just ready to beat a lot of people. He wants to line them up and just paddle whip all of them. And so you get to enjoy that today, knowing that he's talking to you. If James was here, he'd be like, and you, and you, and you. So here we go. Um, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, and so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, clearly, he's not talking to the church or to believers. I mean, there's killing going on, there's scheming, there's jealousy, there's hatred, there's all this, you know. He's, he's clearly talking to those sinners who you've seen uh, doing sinful things. But I remind you in James chapter 1, and it says, it says, I am writing to the 12 tribes of Jewish believers scattered abroad. This letter is to believers. And if we could stop and put our pretenses down and our, our fake church faces and all of those things. And the, the thing is, we do want to be holy like Jesus. We do want to change. We don't want to go through life as Christian cactuses, right? We want to be a sweet aroma and that people are like, man, I'm so glad that I got to spend time with you. But let's not pretend that we have all of these things together. And then when somebody does show their little cactus face, we're like, oh, oh. 
when you were a cactus yesterday. <laughs> but that's not an excuse not to change. But that's what this letter is, is about. Uh, what he doesn't say here, which is quite amazing, he says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? He says, what is causing them? He doesn't then go on to say, tell me your side of the story so I can better understand. You know, you might be right, mm, that's very nice. No, he says this, don't they come from the evil desires and war within you? I have a dream that there will never be a church split at Velocity Church. I didn't believe that was possible, having been in church. But I believe that we can achieve a chair. That doesn't mean that people don't leave. Some people need to leave and grow and take what you've learned here and start something else. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people walk away mad and angry and there is now a division among believers. Our church has grown uh, a, a lot. And some, some of you have come from other churches. Maybe you left well, maybe you didn't leave well. Some of us, maybe all of us, have had negative interactions and things that have happened in church, and we can all tell a long story about our side and how they were the devil, and we were just like there were angels telling us that we were right and they were wrong. Jesus himself appeared and said, I'm with you and not them. But if we could put all those things aside and we could say, the Lord is talking to me today, not for condemnation. That is never from, from the Holy Spirit. But conviction is absolutely from God. It is a gift. Conviction is a gift because I'm going one way and it gives me hope that I can turn and go another way. We are in a honeymoon phase of our church. Who knows that? Honeymoon, remember that? Those of you who have been married a long time, you're like, no, what was that? <laughs> so when you still kissed and held hands and did all those things and your wife didn't, I won't say anything. But <laughs> what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? It is undoubtedly going to happen that we are going to offend and hurt each other. Sometimes it's not even trying. Sometimes somebody's just having a cactus day. If we can remember that we are all subject to those days and give each other grace. But Satan works so well that he splits church using scripture. I mean, that's just genius. How are we going to split this united church? We're going to use the Bible to do it. How? Because the word is awesome. We're going to, how about tongues? Yes, tongues. You're the devil's side, you're the God's side. I mean, isn't it mind-blowing that Scripture has been used to divide the people of God, the thing that should have united us and empowered us? You with me? But at the end of the day, it had nothing to do with tongues. What did it have to do with? The evil desires within us, the pride within us. We took something and we, and we put that up as the, the, the thing that we're fighting over. Oh, Pastor Arthur, I saw him eating a cheeseburger. He's not a man of God. <laughs> Whatever the things are that we take and then we now uphold to say, this is why I'm, I'm dividing. Look at my proof. James would give you zero points. He'd say the divisions and the quarrels among you are because of the evil desires 
that are within our flesh. And every single person here has the potential to do that. Who here has the potential to start a fight in this church? Please raise your hand. (laughs) Her husband just bumped her wife and said, Who here has the potential to split the church? Please raise your hand. We, We all do. And coming with humility to know that, it, that Satan has the potential because of my flesh to use me to be divisive, to cause fights and that. But he does it in a way that you think you're so right and righteous. Me too. I, I will tell you that I have been at the, the root cause of some divisions and stuff in church. But I didn't do it because I was trying to be divisive. I was righteously charged on what I thought I was standing on. But my point was held higher than the call for unity, for grace, and for mercy. It doesn't mean we let anything slide, but our, our, our desire for unity and to love one another and to keep those bonds need to be held up high. Amen. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is going to be good, right? Amen. And when I say sinner, I'm not talking about you It's the person next to you, clearly. So whenever I talk about sinners, just bump them and say he's talking about you. (laughs) I uh, um, I want to show you a video, and and before uh, Sam plays it, um, it's quite hard to watch to see somebody that's reached this point. And then I want to talk about um, I want to talk about this because this happens in the church. Thank you, Sam. No. Okay, he doesn't have it. Well, I'll tell you about the video. Do you have the, do you have the last video, Sam? Thank you, sir. There is a video, and you may have seen it, of a guy in Canada getting out of his car and running up and punching the window of another car. Have you seen that? And he's punching it over and over and over again. Now, there's two ways to look at that story. One is to look at the guy who's punching the window, punching the window, punching the window, and going, what a savage. What a terrible person. Whatever it might be. There's another way to look at that video. And that is, what's that guy's story? I can guarantee you, without knowing who that guy is, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to lose my stuff in the middle of traffic. Get out of my car and start punching someone's window. Nobody wakes up and like, check. That's what I wanted to do today. But yet we forget that when it comes to our brothers and sisters in this church. We are all dealing with stresses and pressures and all of these things. And of course, we want to cast our cares on the Lord. Of course, we want to walk in love and we want to be, you know, the person who's, who's welcoming everybody and that. But sometimes we fall down and we mess up. The best of us, the best of us do it. You with me? And when we can look at somebody's story from a different perspective, oh, it makes all the difference in the world. Empathy, compassion, to go like, because everybody's just ripping this guy. And But here's the thing is, we don't know what he was going through. Maybe he was having a huge fight with his wife. Maybe... They just lost a child. Maybe you you don't know all the things, but we are so quick to judge and to hold somebody to a standard that we ourselves are not held to. Did you hear that that couple had a fight? Yes, just like the fight you had last night. 
Right? Let's carry on. Every time you hear that little, that means I'm preaching well. And I just got three points. So I am racking them up here today. Next slide. Never let facts and forgiveness get in the way of your feelings. That's the world we live in today. Never let facts and forgiveness. <laughs> and I forgive Sam for messing up my sermon <laughs> here today. Have you, have you noticed that? that? That we are all about forgiveness and grace until it happens to us. And then all of a sudden, forgiveness goes out the window. I mean... We preach on forgiveness. We know forgiveness. We're like, yes, you should totally forgive that guy who did that thing to you. No, you. Like, there is no getting around forgiveness. There's no getting around. But we, we now have entered into a stage where feelings even trump science. Well, I feel like a warthog. Therefore, I'm like, power to you. Come, kids, let's go. When did we empower our feelings to be the number one indicator that we are right? If I feel offended now in this culture, in our church, then automatically I'm right. If you offended me, then clearly you are in the wrong. We never even stop to think, why did I get offended in the first place? Maybe there's something wrong in my heart that God needs to deal with. No, it's like, crucify that guy, he hurt me. Not, hang on a second, why did that affect me so badly? Why do I have so much insecurity? Why do I have so much anger? Lord, I need to deal with those things. Remember like I shared with you about the police officer that pulled me over and I was so mad? And then the Lord's like, mm, it's not really him, it's you. That's what I'm talking about. That guy shouldn't have pulled me over. How dare he, just because I don't have a license plate and I was speeding, that guy is terrible. <laughs> No. Brent, why is your heart running so hot? That's the problem. Amen? Let me carry on. Um, are you able to carry on there, Sam? Or? Okay, the next quote, I want to read this to you. Feelings unchecked. You ready for this? Are a crazy octopus on fire, riding a Harley through a forest. And that's not Jesus, it's Jesus Lopez. He lives down the road. But I want you to just visualize this quickly. That feelings unchecked are an octopus on fire. All the tentacles going everywhere, riding through a forest, just setting everything on, on fire. Because when you're offended, when you hurt, when you're not putting your feelings in check, every meal you sit down with someone, you're just <laughs> causing more fire. Online. Man, people are so brave online. So brave. Back in the day, if anybody said stuff like that, they would get punched in the face. I don't want to be the octopus riding through the forest who's on fire, setting everything on fire. But I will be if I do not bring my feelings in check. Just because you feel something, it doesn't mean that it's valid. 
even if my feelings are valid, there is a higher level that I submit to. Let me tell you what, there are some real instances that have happened. People who have lost loved ones because of malpractice suits. People that have lost whatever it might be because of drunk driving. People who have lost homes. And there's some real things that have happened. But there is a higher level that I submit to. To say I'm not going to act like the world. I'm going to submit under God and let him lead me. Rather than I'm going to tell God what I'm going to do. We have thrown off authority. Who knows that? I never thought I'd see the day where America looked like South Africa. In South Africa, the law is optional, you know? It's, it's optional. You can speed or not speed. You can wear your seatbelt or not wear your seatbelt. You can take somebody's stuff out their house or not. And yet, we are seeing America quickly heading in that direction. Why is that? Because we removed any sort of authority that we would have to submit under, starting with the Bible. But forget them in California. How about you at Velocity Church? What is it going to take for you to leave this church? Other than the call of God, the true call of God. Not, hey, God told me, but nobody else can validate that. It's too easy to say that. Yeah, no, God's calling me somewhere. Yeah, and who else is, is you know, is that affecting you with me? What is it going to take? What is it going to take to be offended? I would never be offended at this church. I just love this church so much. It scares me when people say that. When people come and say, I've looked for this church my whole life. I'm like, you've got two weeks and you're gone. Real relationship is hard. It has beautiful moments, but there are times that are, are, are really tough. I love my wife more than anything in the world. But we have had to work at our marriage. It didn't just happen, right? We've had to work at it. And, and I, I, I adore my wife. Even now, after all these years of marriage, there are still things we have to work on. In fact, we're working on something right now. And please pray for her that the sin in her heart would be revealed. <laughs> I'm just joking if you knew, okay? Just... <laughs> okay, here's time to poke the person next to you. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. Not me. This is James. I'm saying it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud. Now he starts talking about pride. Who here considers himself a prideful person? Thank you for the honesty. I am shocked at how often I have to fight pride. And not even for anything great, you know. Just like... No. <laughs> I have to submit in so many things. And I've told you, this is why I do Airbnb. So I can submit to someone who's like, we're out of towels. Flip, get your own towels. <laughs> because I need to be pricked in those ways to go like, oh, Lord, it's creeping up again. Pride is like a, a vine. 
I don't think you can just be one and done. It's a constant submitting, and, and here we see how to do it. It's, it's a thing that we choose to humble ourselves. So this is what he says. So, but God gives grace to the humble. How do we, how do, we do that? Carrying on. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Now, I'm not saying that, that we are calling each other sinners and stuff like that. We are, we are new creations. But if we give in to the flesh, we will sin. I'm a child of God. I'm connected to, to heaven. And I now have the power through the Holy Spirit to conquer sin. But if I don't submit myself to God and I don't humble myself, I'm setting myself up for failure. And we have seen it in the biggest churches with the biggest players, with, with, with the hugest pastors who have fallen to adultery or whatever that might be. And we sit there and go, oh, I can't believe that. How did they get there? The same like the guy who's punching the window. You don't know the backstory that led all the way to get to that point. And grace is something that works for every single age that's sitting and represented in this place here. Amen. The kid who comes to school that you just like, everyone's like, oh, that guy's so annoying. Hey, you don't know his story. You don't know what's going on with that kid. We ought to show grace and we should be the light. But forget that I'm talking about in here. If we can't be gracious in here, and I really hope that when something happens in this church, that's when we're going to see if velocity is different. It's not just the teaching. It's not just the worship. It's not just, you know, the, the, the popcorn and the fancy things that we have like ICs. It's going to be this. When somebody messes up and, 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 and rumors start to be spread and somebody doesn't like something, I think we should sing more hymns. Hymns are awesome. But you know that? Churches have split over not singing enough hymns. And you're like, how did that happen? How did that get to punching the window and completely losing it? Because we didn't catch it right then and there. We must be a safe place for people to speak to. I'm not talking about that you can't ever bear your heart. But bear your heart to one person who you know is going to give you good advice. Don't bear it to several people. That's gossip. I'm not saying that you must keep everything inside. Seek somebody out who you know is not just going to side with you, but it's going to side with truth and what's best for everybody. Amen. We can all find people to agree with us. Clearly. I mean, just, just look at the world. They're the most crazy things, they will find somebody to agree with them. And the same thing in church. We start to take sides. Well, I don't think that person should have done that. Well, Great, but I didn't ask you what you think. Let's ask what God thinks because this is what brings peace to situations and circumstances. I pray that we can be a place that when there is conflict in marriages, we can sit down and a marriage is stronger. When there's conflict with friendships, that we can sit down and a friendship is stronger. Amen? Amen? Who believes that we can be a church that never splits? It takes every single one of us, and it takes sometimes us saying, I'm sorry. I'll tell you a very personal thing that happened with uh, Pastor Arthur when I caught him in sin. But, 
Now, Pastor Arthur and I were having a, a, a bit of a tough uh, a conversation, and I was really frustrated with him about some things. And during the conversation, we just kept talking it out. It, was, it got revealed to my heart that I was the one that was in the wrong. And not only that, there was something that had been lurking since my childhood that I needed to give to God. But you see, that, that can't happen without humility. Because we just want to hold our point. But when the goal is unity, when the goal is to walk together, when the goal is to see the church flourish and, and, and God's word go out and, and people thrive, it's amazing how quickly we can let go of things. Let me give you this example. Who here loves their cell phone? I'm not going to make you feel bad about that, okay? Yes, everybody. You love your phone. You would hate to lose your phone. Let me tell you something. If you were in the ocean and a shark popped up to chase you, you would not think about your phone. Nobody's like, wait there. <laughs> Why? Because your life is worth more than your phone. And that's what I'm talking about. It's this, this hierarchy of what's important. We need to reprioritize me being right, my feelings being validated, and all of these things just saying, hey, let, let man be a liar and let God be true. Amen. Let God be true. Doesn't mean I, I can't talk through things. Just like I talked through uh, that, that instance with Pastor Arthur, it was, it was so freeing for me. But I thank God that here we are, our relationship is just as strong as ever. Until we have conflict, we don't really know what, what friendship is. But I know there, there are some people here that I just know would forgive me no matter what. Michael Brewster is one of those. I'm, I'm so comfortable in my friendship with him. I know that I could mess up and he would forgive me even if I was in the wrong. We need to be like that for each other. Amen? Okay, listen to this. My pride gives Satan power in my life. Humility gives God opportunity in my life. We are all subject to pride. The most dangerous thing about pride is often I can't see it. That's where it takes having people in your life who can freely speak into your life and say, hey, I think you're wrong. Or, hey, I think you can do that better. Or, I don't think you should, you know, you, you, you should do that or whatever it is. Because we're all subject. I'm subject to it. But that's why Jesus sent the disciples out in two. Because it's not just supposed to be Batman by yourself. It's a team. We can, we can see each other's blind spots and we can watch each other's backs. My pride gives Satan power in my life. Humility gives God opportunity in my life. I don't have to fight and claw my way. I don't have to do everything the way the world does it in order to get something. I humbly submit to God and I say, God, I would really love a raise. And I read God's word and it says, man, do everything with, with, to the best of your ability. Trust him with everything. Go with peace. Work as unto the Lord. That's his answer. And then I trust him with the rest. I don't have to canave. My wife, is that a word? Canave? I don't have to do those things. I don't have to act like the world. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Don't give way to your feelings. My mom has been such a source of blessing in my wife's life and my life because she never took a side of, well, that's my son. She took a side of your marriage is the most important. So it's so wonderful. 
Didn't matter who confided in her, she never took a side. She took the side of us succeeding. And we need to be like that. Don't take sides in this church. Take the side of unity and love. And let's work out that together. I am not exempt. Say that with me. There's no part, a part where I've achieved something in church where I'm now exempt from being subjected to the Word of God and changing. In fact, it's the moment when I think that I don't need to because I know it that I'm at my most dangerous place. When David thought he was exempt from going to war was when the biggest sin of his life came. When he should have been at war, he decided to hang back and catch some rays on the roof <laughs> or out of his window, whatever it was. And that's when he saw Bathsheba bathing. She was the original inventor of the bath. But that's another story. But he, 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 he thought he had achieved something now. He didn't have to carry on. And that happens to us all the times. I'm always amazed at how I can read scripture that I know so well, that I've taught, that I've, I've dived into. And every day I read scripture, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, um, I've let that slide. I've let that go. Lord, I'm sorry. Or, or it's an encouragement. Oh, Lord, I forgot. <coughs> I mean, I read something in the Psalms the other day that God takes delight in everything that we do. I'm like, I forgot that. He delights in everything I, I do. That's amazing. This is the beauty of, of uh, the word. Uh, as I was telling you about in, in South Africa, we didn't wear seatbelts and all of that stuff. And that carried on in America. And, uh, you know, the big sign, click it or ticket, never scared me. And, but what made me change was when my kids were old enough to, and I'd tell them to wear their seatbelt, and my kids would say, but Dad, you don't wear a seatbelt. Guess what? I started wearing a seatbelt. Because I cannot teach what I'm not doing. And I cannot preach what I'm not applying in my own life. There are many opportunities to forgive all the time. Sometimes it's me asking forgiveness of other people. But if we can foster that environment in here, guess what? Satan cannot work. And then that culture will start to spread out. And suddenly people will truly see the difference that they've been looking for. But it has to start in our homes and it has to start here. Amen. We have to be gracious with one another. Right? I'll jump to 11, and then we're going to close out. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge uh, whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So do what is right. Uh, do what you have to do to judge. Sorry. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? You focus on what you need to do. Don't worry what your neighbor's doing. Yeah, but, oh, you know those nosy parkers or whatever they're called, whoever those people were. Let us be the people who cover a multitude of sin with our love. doesn't mean we permit it. It doesn't mean we don't take a stand. It doesn't mean, but we do it with unity and love, not to show how right I am and how righteous I am. Let me tell you what, that religious spirit that stinks like rotten cheese. It'll, it'll creep in so fast. 
But humility is the defense against that. It is the defense against pride. And if you're saying I'm the most humble person in here, that's a problem. <laughs> that's pride. He says, listen to this in verse 9. I know I'm working backwards, but I want to... I want to share it in this way. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. That's real humility. It doesn't mean you have to be mournful all the time, but there's a, a real thing of, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. And then his joy comes and his grace comes and he lifts up the humble. Right? But it's not just this like flippant thing. Like it's, it's a thing of, Lord, I really want to walk with you, not just a mental ascent. I, I truly want to be different. At the end of my life, I really want my kids to stand up and not just say, oh, my dad, he was so funny and, you know, he did this and that. I want my kids to stand up and with all honesty in their, house, in their hearts to say, my dad truly showed us who the Lord is. If I do that, that's the greatest thing that I can achieve. My dad really loved Jesus, and he tried to live that out. That is worth more to me than, than any other accolade that they can, they can ever say. Now, they live with me. Some days, I'm not like that. Some days, I'm a cactus. Amen? Sam, do we have this last video? Okay. What a, he's the man. Let's give him a hand, please. Now, before you play that, the same situation, looking at it from a different perspective of hitting the windows, I want to show you, if you can look at people's lives from a different perspective, what can come out of a bad situation? Thank you, Sam. South African guy who, who makes these things, but I love that video so much because there's this traumatic video, the original, that then is taken and turned into this hilarious moment. And if we can look at a situation differently, circumstances can be turned around where somebody who was at odds with somebody can become best friends. It, I've seen it happen where something looks like it's the end and it can be used to grow something so good. Who wants to be part of that? Who wants to be part of that team that James is talking about where, where we can put our own pride aside and we can actually bring change starting in our families and starting in this church. Don't worry about anywhere else. Let us get it right here. Let us not be looking to see how we can be offended and look to see how we can love and how we can ask God to help us turn situations around. Lord, there are situations that have been so hurtful in my life. I would like the Holy Spirit 
and God's wisdom to turn it into a song that brings joy to others. That's what that video is. There are some circumstances that have happened to you that you're like, Brent, you're nuts. You don't know what has happened. I will never be able to, to say that anything good can come out of that. This is what God specializes in. But be humble enough to say, Lord, I release it into your hands. Not to say, I'm going to keep that person in prison forever in my mind and heart. You're only keeping yourself in prison. What are causing the fights and quarrels among you? It's the, the sinful desires within us. Lord, I let it go. I want to be a unifier. It's worth more than anything else. I don't want to cause division. I don't want to cause fights. I don't want to make people upset. Lord, I... I I want to make sweet music. I want you to make a beautiful song out of my life and everybody that I interact with. Do you want that? Okay. We're going to pray. And just like James says, we don't have because we don't ask and we don't get because we, we have the wrong, the wrong motives. You know a prayer that I found great uh, uh, peace in is saying, Lord, I don't even know all the stuff going on in my heart, but you do. So would you help me? Because I want to be honest before you, but I'm not even sure I know the depths of the nonsense that's going on in my heart. So would you help me, Lord? Would you help me to see things clearer? Would you, would you soften me up? I don't want to be hard. I, I, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be a cactus. I don't want people in the church to, you know, catch me doing stuff. I don't want to be that person. Help me to walk a pleasing life before you. And God lifts up the humble. And God gives power to the humble. If there are broken relationships that came from your previous church, I'm not saying, I know it takes two to tango. But just remember, it took two to tango. It's both sides. Lord, please forgive me for my part that I played. And if there's any way that you can turn <laughs> into a song, please, would you do that? Would you mend what is broken? Would you heal what seems like it could never be healed? Because we don't want to be that church that's just the next stop. And then because what's going to happen is it's only inevitable that it will happen here and you're off to the next church. Find healing here and wholeness and you don't move your butt until God truly calls you somewhere fight through the offense that's how we grow don't run from it amen is that good I, I stopped getting those bings I don't know what happened to my <laughs> to my sermon but uh, let us pray would you stand with me and, and, and let's pray and we'll end thank you so much Lord, we, we, we stand here before you. I thank you for this precious church that we get to call home. Uh, Lord, however we got here, whether it, was, whether it was good circumstances, bad circumstances, we thank you that we are here. And Lord, we ask you to write uh, uh, things that Satan has stolen, even if he has used us to steal it. Turn traumatic circumstances into beautiful songs teach us and show us empower us how to resist the devil 
when our feelings want to rise up and then He will flee. Give us the power, Holy Spirit, to recognize when these things are happening and to not take the bait of Satan. To resist the devil and say, no, I'm going to love my brother, my sister. We can talk through things, but I will not be offended. I will not hold grudges. I will not let the sinful desires cause fights within our church. I thank you, Lord, for the precious people that you have assembled here together. And Lord, that we step up in our love, in our humility, through your power. We submit to you. And as the the elder leading today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me where I've caused divisions and hurts and what you can mend. I ask you to please do that. And while you're in your chairs, just pray for you, for your family, for your situation. I'll wait a minute while you pray and then we will will end. you know that you're not right with the Lord and whether it's pride or fear that's been keeping you out that can change today we're going to pray a prayer together and a prayer prayed from the heart with belief will cause a miracle to happen let's pray together say dear Lord I ask for you to forgive me I cannot do this on my own I give you the reins and I ask you to save me I submit to you. I am your child. Rescue me from darkness. I don't want to live the way I've been living. I believe you died and rose again. So I can have life today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. If you prayed that prayer, if you have prayed any prayer, if you want to talk to us, you want to pray through things, you... you You want to truly get over things, not just gossip. You really want to get over things. Come talk to us. We'll pray with you. We'll counsel you. We will see God move you forward in your life. But you are going to be a unifier and not a divider. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.